0: It's time for Love Talk with the Love Ladies, Kathy, Carrie, and Marley.
1: Hello, friends, and welcome to Love Talk. You have found the Love Ladies right here on The Bridge Austin. Today's Christian Talk where we are building bridges of love and leadership. And I am Coach Carrie Brinkater. I am so thankful to be with you on this beautiful Saturday morning. What a gift we have been given to be able to maybe drink a cup of coffee this morning and just listen to what God has in plan for us today. I hope that you are enjoying your day already and that the love ladies make it a little bit better. We've got a great guest in studio today, but I am in studio with my beautiful co-host, Kathy Anderbrock and Marlene McMichael. Good morning, ladies. Good morning, Coach Carrie. It's great to be with you, friends. What
0: is God doing in your day today? Are you barely opening your eyes and kind <laughs> of, you know, uh, walking through the house or stumbling through the house? Have you had a three cups of coffee already and you're zipping somewhere in that car of yours? It is ten AM in Austin, Texas, and it is a beautiful day and Marlene it's great to be able to just look across the studio table into your gorgeous brown eyes <laughs> and have you with us every week how are, how is how are you doing what is god doing with your day today
2: well, my daughter and the king dog, Yofi, are there.
1: <laughs> the king dog. The king
0: dog, wow. yes. He is
2: actually in therapy training to be a, a therapy dog. Oh, I
1: love that. So
0: fun.
2: they are visiting. And uh, the last time Yofi was at my house, I lost him. So I'm a little bit nervous about today <laughs> because he jumped my fence. And so I have to I have to replace my fence. But uh, it's not done yet because we're waiting on the city permit. Yeah, so. you
0: were. You were babysitting King Dog Yofi, and you went out, and there was no King Dog Yofi <laughs> anywhere true, to be found. That's true. He, oh he's very
2: afraid of thunder, and it didn't dawn on me, because my neighbors were cutting down a tree, mm-hmm. and they had the mulcher and all that out back there, and it didn't dawn on me that... That sounds like thunder to a dog. Yeah. And so he was just gone. And I went, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Dear God, don't let my daughter kill me. <laughs> so anyway, but Yopi is home and well and is uh, learning to be a therapy dog. That's so
0: fun. Well, That's so fun. I will say good morning, friends. And it's great to be with you at the end of each week. A, a week That's just true. ended, Coach Carrie. That's true. A, a, a week just ended. We're about to begin a new week. And I, I always like looking at what did God do in my week this week? And, you know, there's some things that God does in our week that are standalone type of things. And then some things that God does in our week that we think he might do something and build on that next week. So, Mm -hmm. friends, when you look back over your week, I hope that you've had a great week. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be talking with a special guest today about what God is doing in Austin. We have an amazing friend with us from the Austin Bridge Builders Alliance who's going to talk with us about growing and finding community as a business professional and as a follower of Christ, I think we need to find community, right, Marlene, right? Coach yeah, Carey it's so important. We don't want to be out here on our own. God did not design us to be islands. He designed it, designed us for relationship and community, and we're going to be introducing him in just a moment. But when we
1: talk about weeks, Coach Carrie, you have had a very full week. I have. You've been coaching all over the place. I know. It's so fun. I love coaching my, par- my uh, fitness classes for people with Parkinson's. I, I tell you, friends... I literally get so much joy from it. I, I love it. I absolutely love it. And, you know, kind of unfortunately, my classes are growing because that means the Parkinson's community is growing, right? And that's not necessarily a good thing, but fortunately, they're finding fitness. And, um, so if I can just help them in any way, I am happy to do it. I just, I absolutely love it. Um, I, <laughs> friends, I think I told y'all last week that my daughter, is in Hawaii on this work exchange program, and so she's living on a farm, and she's taking care of animals and living her best life and cleaning an Airbnb whenever guests leave and eating all the Hawaiian food and all the things, and it's amazing. Yesterday, she sent me a funniest video. She's literally walking in this field. I see the Pacific Ocean in the background, right? Everything is green, and she's on the farm, and she's got about 12 sheep and goats, just following her, and it is the funniest video. She's like, they already love me, and I'm like, of course, you got food in your hand. Um, but she's just, it, I, I am so thrilled for her that so she gets to do this for a few weeks, and then come home for a couple of weeks, and then uh, head off to college. And Logan's getting to hang out with your daughter, Kathy, Faithy, yeah, and so that it's just been a great week. Yeah.
0: Jordan called me. She's my middle one. She's uh, turning 20 in, in a week, and um, actually she's turning 20 on Monday. Oh, my. Oh, gosh. Okay. have to mm-hmm. figure out that birthday present. Get on Amazon or something. <laughs> <laughs> but she said, Mom, do you want the good news or bad news about my week? And Ooh. I thought, oh, you know what? I always like starting with the bad and ending with the good. Yeah. So I said, tell me the bad first. And she goes, well, you know how I'm officially an adult now? And she's an official adult because she leased a horse on her own. She reached wow. out, made the business contact. Looked at the different horses, selected the horses, and signed the contract. Oh, Jordan. Um, And it's coming out of her bank account. So I'm like, you're officially an adult. Yeah, Yeah, that's good for me. And she says, well, so, you know, the horse that I was leasing, I was riding it, and it tripped, and then it couldn't stand, and it was falling. I jumped off it. I thought it had broken its leg. And so she said, I'm holding this horse up and keeping it from walking because it wants to walk on this leg that I think is broken, and um, so I'm holding up its foot and I'm pushing back against its chest because it's just like a 14-3. It's kind of more like a pony than a horse. And um, so she says, the other person I'm riding with jumps off their horse and comes and looks. And there's a, a nail, a three-inch Duh. nail sticking out of its frog. It had stepped on this nail and it went right up through its foot. So Jordan said, well, I was grateful that the leg wasn't broken, but we could not get this nail out. The other gal had to run back, grab pliers, oh and yank God. this nail out of this horse's hoof. Oh. And, you know, friends, I don't know. Some of you may be thinking, I I can identify with that horse. Sometimes, some days, I feel like <laughs> i got a three-foot nail and I am just doing my best, you know, to stumble around and walk. I need someone to pull the nail out. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's why we have friends. That's why we have community so that when one of us stumbles, the other one's there to help. And when one of us has a three-inch nails sticking out of our foot so one can grab some pliers and pull it out. So she says the good news is that the horse did not break his leg.
1: And, <laughs> and, and she's okay because yeah. that's that's a big, like, what she did to help that horse, that takes not only a lot of strength but courage and yeah. just confidence yeah. that you can do that. So, wait a Coach, she is a real adult. Look at she her. She is a real adult. Look at her. Look <laughs> at her. Well, friends, story. Um, let's, let's get down to it. What is God doing? And we're going to meet our guests. Let me get to our verse of the day here, Jeremiah 29, verse 7. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers you too will prosper wow um that that's that's pretty pretty deep and I can't wait to hear from our guest as to why that ver- that verse is important to him. So, Kathy, yeah. why don't you uh, go ahead and I introduce our love, guest?
0: I would love that privilege. Okay. Well, and that is pretty much a verse of Austin Bridge Builders, friends. That is what they do. And our special guest guest who is with us in studio today is Jeff Johnson. He is the Strategic Relations Director with Austin Bridge Builders Alliance, which is a local organization that helps Christian business leaders develop and find community as they journey to integrate an authentic Faith with their work life, and he is a rare Austin native, one of the few that is left. He's third generation Texas Longhorn who graduated from the Macombs School of Business. He's been married for 25 years. Does not look like he's old enough to actually (laughs) say that. He has two children in high school. And his family loves snow, and even though they're natives Texans, they do know what snow looks like, and so they travel every year uh, out of state, way out of state, uh, to go and enjoy the snow, and I'm, I'm guessing maybe even do a little bit of skiing, although I'm not sure on that. We'll have to ask him. His family um, are also dedicated fans of great barbecue, salsa, queso,
1: and tacos. (laughs) Correct. There's nothing more in Texas than that spinach right right there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And he loves connecting people and building partnerships that create meaningful outcomes for the community. So Austin Bridge Builders Alliance is really a natural fit for him. He's enjoyed working in many different areas in the organization over the last uh, eight years. Well, Jeff Johnson, welcome to Love Talk.
3: Thank you. It is great to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, we have a lot of questions for you today, but we start with the first question, which we think is the most important question that our found, the founder of Love Talk, who started Love Talk 75 years ago, Evelyn Davison, she would always no, start. No, not uh, 75 years ago. Oh, did I say 75? You, you did. did. 37. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, so my brain thought saw, saw 37, and then my, my mouth just said 75. Okay. <laughs> 37 years ago. And the question is this. How did you come to know that Jesus loves you?
3: Yeah, I'm looking at the clock. As <laughs> I was looking at this, like, "Well, how long of a story do you want?" Um, here, here's the the short version: Is you know, if you read through the Old Testament, there's some people that it feels like almost didn't have a choice but to be people that God was going to interact with. You know, mm. your your Samuels, maybe even your your David, some of those folks, and and that's kind of how I describe my journey with with God: is that from age three, you know, went to a VBS. Um, And I don't remember any of this, but the stories have been told, right, that apparently I went home and talked about this Jesus person so much that my parents, who had grown up in church, but, you know, went to UT, met, married, were in Austin, weren't doing the church thing so much anymore, mm-hmm. but decided, oh, maybe we should get back in involved as a family. And, and, and they did, like got involved wow. big time, where my mom actually became a, a teacher at the Christian school. They were all over the choir and the different places of the church. So I basically ended up at that school slash church six days a week, eight hours a day. And, you know, I guess there's a lot of different ways I could go, but for me, it all made sense. And and it the, both the understanding of God and who he was and what he did for us made sense. Still a struggle and still wrestling with, you know, what does that mean to connect with God? And really, I guess it was when I was about 16, I was really struggling with am I doing it right? Mm. Have I really connected with God? I mean, I don't know if you guys did the whole youth camp thing yeah. when you're growing up or whatever, but, you know, that night when they make you all cry and wonder if you're going to hell, right? Like, so Thur- that night, Thursday, Thursday night. Thursday night, right? Like, that's what it was for us. So Thursday night comes around, and I remember I went to my pastor, and he just gave me some of the best advice I've ever gotten because I was freaking out, really, you know? Yeah. And, and I've been in the church since I was three, you know? But he's like, look, someone knows the answer to this question. Jeff, do you know who that is? He's like, oh, who? He's like, God, God knows, and he'll tell you. Right? And he just reminded me of these pastors. I mean, it's from Deuteronomy all the way to, to the New Testament where God's like, I didn't make this hard. I'm close to you, not far away. If you seek, if you ask, if you knock, I'll give you the answer. So mm-hmm. he said, go out of this service that we're in and just ask God. Am, are we connected? Do we have a relationship? If so, when did that happen? And Or, mm-hmm. or if not, does it need to happen tonight? He's like, and God will tell you. And sure enough, he did. I mean, it's one of the. I remember it now, right? Like I'm, I'm several years past that, <laughs> and I remember that night. I remember the the experience. I remember asking God, and He pointed me to this random time when I was like 12 years old, by myself, sitting in my dad's rocking chair, doing some mindless paperwork, and and just had a conversation with God. And and He kind of walked me through this. Hey, you believe in me, but you've never actually asked me to forgive you. And You've never actually admitted that you need forgiveness. You never actually have made this relationship real. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, then I, I want to. I mean, I believe all this stuff. Well, then, yeah, let's do that, God. And and, and God's like, yeah, we worked it out right then when you're 12 years old, just by myself. And I just went back to doing the mindless, you know, paperwork. <laughs> and it was, but it was such a great time to say, wow, okay, God, He does know. Like He He's yeah. the the yeah. He's in this relationship too, right? It's not a one way thing. And so so that's kind of how you know it, it was from three on, but really that time around 12 was when God started really shaping my life and and really talking to me about what what it was like to live for Him and what it would look like to be committed to him, and you know it's um yeah, so that it's been a conversation not too dissimilar for the last thirty something years you know i you helpful. know
1: I feel like that's so interesting that you took the time, great advice from that youth pastor by the way, or counselor or it was to for you to go be alone, mm-hmm. right, just get out of the the feelings of the moment right and the emotions right. of the moment, and you probably hadn't thought about that that incident four years prior, you'd probably never oh, thought about that before. Never,
3: never would have. T- if you were like, oh, when did you, because I, I had gone, walked down an aisle, prayed a prayer, been yeah. baptized. I'd done all those things. That, it when God reminded me of the time, none of those things came up. He's like, no, it's, no. Here, here's where we really got started. Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny, what, I you bet know?
0: you God knows because all the angels in heaven were like celebrating. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
3: and
2: The thing I think that's amazing about that story is so often when a child receives the Lord very young it's discounted, like, well, that really wasn't mm-hmm. real. Mm-hmm. But um, just this week, I read a letter. Um, my daughter received the Lord very young, and she remembers it just like that. But I read her father's account of that experience just this week. I found it in the file, oh. and um, I never had known that because I actually was out of town when it happened. Mm-hmm. So, But it, it's, it's real, and God knows us when we are very young. Wow. He knows it's in the womb. Right.
1: Uh, keep clean, keep cleaning out those file cabinets, Marlene. You've been talking about that for yeah, a couple of a weeks. Lot of I love it. There's there. a lot of good <laughs> stuff in there, girl. Friends, when we return to Love Talk, we're going to have...
0: And welcome back, friends, to Love Talk here on The Bridge, Austin. I'm Kathy Endebrock in studio with Coach Carrie Brinkater, Marlene McMichael, my beautiful love ladies and uh, co-hosts, and a wonderful guest, Jeff Johnson. From Austin Bridge Builders Alliance. It's great to have you in studio with us, Jeff. And I love the testimony that you shared in our opening segment. Friends, if you missed it, you're going to want to go back to our archives at lovetalknetwork.com and get that. I just love the way that God puts the stakes in the ground. And he knows those dates that are special within our lives when we kind of step up. And um, come to the point where we know that we know that we know him. Mm-hmm. And I just love how you shared everything around that. Well, Jeff, I'd really like you to share about Austin Bridge Builders Alliance and what exactly it it is and what it does in the Austin community.
3: Yeah, and, and uh, I love doing that because, you know, Austin native. I was in town when ABBA got started and then left to do some church planting on the East Coast for a season. Came back in 2009 and did not know ABBA existed because it has been such an under, not the radar, but it, it is a bridge in so many ways. It is the thing that connects so many people, but you never think about it, right? You don't think about the bridge when you drive across town, or go across 360. You don't you don't necessarily appreciate it or you don't highlight it. You, you talk about where you're going or who you're going to meet or what you're going to do. You don't talk about the bridge that got you there. And and that was kind of ABBA for all those years. The reality is in the 80s, uh, a group of people, prayer uh, minded people, a, a set of business leaders and a set of pastors said, hey, the the church in Austin needs to be more unified than it is today. How do we make that happen? How do we pray towards it? How do we give towards it? How do we work towards it? And they did. And in 2002, that movement had gotten big enough that it needed an organization to manage it. Uh, it was a movement of over 150 pastors who were meeting monthly in what's called pastors and covenant groups. That still happens today, uh, where every month pastors will gather in groups of five to eight. Uh, for encouragement, Uh, it's cross-denomination, it's cross-ethnicity, it's cross-church-size, all those things. And that was the birth of ABBA, that that this organization that had helped all these groups get started uh, was going to give some direction to the church in in Austin to say, what are we going to do as the body of Christ in the city? Uh, And so we've had multiple executive directors, and as with every organization, it shifts a little bit based on who's leading it at the time. But overall, it has been, you know, this Jeremiah 29, 7, right? How do we how do we pray for and work towards the good of a city, the, mm. the shalom, the peace, the prosperity mm. of a city as the church, uh the big C church. And so I came in about eight years ago with our current executive director, uh Rich Carney, and and we've been asking that same question, okay, what is this uh what does this generation of ABBA look like in a city? What does the city need? And we listen to the pastors for that, we listen to the CEOs of the city for that. Uh, in the, the, you know, the civic leaders and other nonprofit leaders. And really where it came down to as, as we've been kind of dialing in is this idea of connection. Again, this, we're really leaning into the, the bridge, um, yeah. <laughs> analogy of, mm-hmm. of we're not producing a whole lot, but we try to connect the people who are. We mm-hmm. don't try to create a whole lot. Other people are doing that, but we, we connect the creators, right? And so we talk about connecting people with purpose, on purpose, for purpose right so mm-hmm. so with purpose is really talking about that that vertical alignment who has god made you to be right a deep deep belief that god has a special plan for you he's built you specifically mm-hmm. and then he put you in our city we need you in our city to do what god has created you to do do you know what that is and are you pursuing it because it's a pursuit and mm-hmm. it takes a while right like moses had 40 years of preparation <laughs> oh work no. before he was ready for his call right, right. like you might be 20 and God's got a great plan for you when you're 50. Are you moving in that direction, mm-hmm. right? Like, are you moving in the way that you're going to be ready for it when the day comes? So that's connecting you with purpose. On purpose is, I mean, I've, it happened again yesterday. I'm sitting down with a guy who goes to church with another guy in our network, and I was like, Oh, you certainly know this guy because you, I mean, your life story sounds almost the same. He's like, no, I've never met him. I'm like, how is that possible? <laughs> okay. So I leave that meeting and immediately I I'm email like, You two need to know each other. You have had to have crossed paths. 14 times in the last at church, year, you know, at right, start, yeah. start, but on purpose, like, oh, you two people need to know each other because what you're doing in the city sounds awesome. And if I put you together, who knows what God's going to do. Right. Wow. And so, so, so finding those purposeful connections and, and connecting people on purpose and then for purposes, it's really what got most of us into to this to begin with is this idea, this kind of maybe crazy idea. Could a city change for God's purposes? Could you have the kingdom of earth like, kingdom of heaven on earth as it is in heaven, right? Like, the, like is Jesus' prayer just kind of pie in the sky? Like, or could it actually happen when he says, your will be done, your kingdom come, right, on earth as it is in heaven? And some of us kind of think maybe it could happen. And so, so that's what we are really about is what does it look like to take these people who are, they are connected to their purpose for God. They're now connecting with each other. What are the things that God might do in our city? Could he change education and housing and foster care? Anyway.
2: Wow. You know, I love the story about unity. It all began with a desire for unity. And we've had this discussion here on Love Talk, but our founding fathers had the same mission. As they realized as they were coming together to create a nation that they were all different faiths and beliefs. Uh, most of them were were Christian, but they were different. They operated differently. And they literally marched to church and called for prayer and fasting to bring unity. So our founding documents were written first based on a call for unity, and then once they became unified with the the Spirit of God. And I, I think that's amazing. That's the place to begin.
0: I mean, yeah, we have our Declaration of Independence because of the connections that were able to be achieved. Mm-hmm. And so I love what you would say is that the future of Austin does not fall on any one person's shoulders. But when you connect the people together, it naturally happens. Um, now mm-hmm. you, you have this question that, that you ask. Do, when you're developing leaders, and um you're connecting leaders do good leaders first have to know how to be good followers what's the relationship there
3: yeah and i, I don't want to jump to the end so i'll say mm-hmm. yes you know it is our belief that learning how to be a good follower is is a great step towards being a good leader and and one of the biggest the biggest parts of that is this idea of submission to authority mm-hmm. right and it is this idea of learning from whatever age you're going to start, the earlier the better. That we all mm-hmm. live in submission to authority. Now, ultimately, that authority is God, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where we want people to to get to. But but we have to we get to test that a lot at school. We get to test that on sports teams. We get to test that, right? And and what you realize is, oh yeah, it's true. But a lot of people fight that for a lot of time. They think, no, I'm my own person. I'm having to live under this authority for now, but I'm not doing it willingly. And as soon as I get on my own. Boy, then you're going to see what can really happen, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's the human spirit, right? I mean, it's been in us forever. But this idea of submission to authority comes from following, right? And, and realizing we're all followers. And if you're not, you're not going to be a good leader because if you're not following God, right, first and foremost, and his purpose for your life, then whoever you're leading is going to tend to be you're going to be leading them for your purposes, not his. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that really shifts a leader into a bad direction is when all of a sudden the people I'm leading are here for me, right? For my goals, for my life, for my company, for my whatever. And so, so being a good follower in order to be a good leader means, okay, you realize you're in submission to authority that even when you're leading the company and, and it's an international company or it's in the news or it's whatever, that you're not leading it as the person who's in charge. Like you still have a boss so all the all the position you've been given is not mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. It's for them, right? and And that comes from being a good follower is is, is learning how to live under authority. And so that's that's what we mean by that. and it, it's been it's been so incredible to to meet the business leaders and the and the different people of authority here in the city who will so humbly give of their time, mm-hmm. right uh, for no mm-hmm. gain in my mind. I'm like, how I don't see how you're getting paid back for this, right? <laughs> uh, and, and yet they will give their time to people in the city. Because it's a kingdom investment. They're like, well, this is what I believe God would have me do. And I, and they still follow him, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, hey, here's what my boss is saying. So I'm going to do that. Uh, and, and so it is. It's this idea of being a good follower really does in so many ways teach you, um, some really important leadership lessons.
1: Okay. So that, it's so important because, you know, there has to be some, some, to use a, an antiquated term, right? Some Indians and, and some chiefs, right? Mm-hmm. And um you are a much better leader whenever you understand what it takes to submit to that authority. And for us as Christians, to submit the, to the authority of our Father, right? Okay, so I was in higher education for many years, college basketball coach. And I found it, um, you know, just this almost a fight, right, to be able to express my faith in a secular place, in a place that didn't want to see it. And it was... You know, so you might as well put that you're the f the, the director of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes on your door, right? So that people then know, okay? So you have a kind of a title so that you you can then say that you're a Christian, right? So I'm sure that some of your your CEOs and people that you work with and people that you're trying to connect together find this at well find this as well. Is it possible to work for a company today or lead a company today and not compromise our Christian faith? I mean. Sometimes it feels like it might be easier just to drop it at the door, yeah. right? Um, obviously, we know that we can't, that we should not do that, um, and find ways to, to where we can profess our faith. So, help us talk us through that one, Jeff.
3: Yeah, it, and you know, should not do that. And then also, there's this desire, really, in believers that we don't want to do that. No,
1: we don't right? want like, to. We, it,
3: it feels like I'm having to be two different people, and nobody wants to do that, right? Well, so, then you're not a good leader, right? Yeah, because yeah. you're trying. And so, I was actually with a group uh, last night up up north, um, out of Celebration Church here locally, nice. and they've they've started a new movement called Endeavor, and, and they had a man named Mark Whitaker in who was speaking, and um, he 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 leads a. a a group called T-Factor at Coca-Cola Consolidated. So not the Coca-Cola Atlanta, but the people who bottle all the drinks. So mm-hmm. so if you buy your Coke from H-E-B, probably someone like Coke Consolidated got it there, right? Uh, 27,000 employees, big company, uh, all those things. Well, their their mission statement 23 years ago changed to our purpose is to honor God in all we do by building, and I won't get the three things right, but you know, great products, great people, and profitability or something, mm-hmm. right? But honor God in all we do is the first line. Wow! Faith-centered company, chaplains at all 102 branches, yeah. discipleship yeah. programs going through all of their things. I mean, it's it's a fascinating I've story.
2: Brand that. And
3: three, four times a year they host conferences to teach other large companies how to do this legally, yes. right, and how to do this in a way that that you that's still profitable and all those kind of things, right? It's like we're going to build a company here, and so. So it is something that, that CEOs wrestle with, because so I'm sitting in that room, and when he says some of these things, you just see the whole room like, oh, like we could do that? Like we could do this? How? How do you do that? I mean, that's the question that kind of wells up. Well, how do you do this? And it looks different for every company. That's the reality. Like if you own a company, obviously you have certain you know, uh, capacity to do things. If it's mm-hmm. a small company that's privately held, you have capacity to do things, right? But public companies, how do you do that? And and, and I would say it's going to look different for everybody. There's a there's a couple things that we would start with, though, from Abba, again. We're relationship. Mm-hmm. We're community. So we, we talk about when Jesus says if two or more of you are gathered, like if you're going to go attack the gates of hell, right? So there's this passage in, in where he's talking to his disciples, and it ends with you're going to attack the gates of hell, and they're not going to stand against you, right? It's like, okay, so if that's the end goal, where does he start? Well, he says two or more together. He's like, find a person. Don't do this by yourself, nice. right? Don't charge the gates of hell. Two or more gather together, I'll be with you, then let's go forward. So so that's our first thing, is like, who's the other person God's placed at your at your place of work, or your school, or your wherever? Don't start until you find them. Find mm-hmm. them, pray, get God's, uh, God's presence with you, and then see what he leads you in. Because it's going to look like a bunch of different things, and it's probably not going to be transforming the culture for 27,000 people overnight, right? Especially yeah. if you're not the CEO. But... Um it looks like a bunch of different things. And one of my favorites is, is a recent. There's a local CEO and we're all on LinkedIn, right? Which I didn't know LinkedIn until I got into this hanging out with business people. Yeah. You know, and, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, this is a fascinating platform. And and what it looked like for him was I'm gonna write nine articles that I'm gonna post internally to my company, but also put on LinkedIn to talk about how does the fruit of the spirit apply to my daily work life. Nice. Things like kindness, joy, self-control, patience and forgiveness. Like, all of the things that people would be like, yeah, I'd, I'd like a boss like that, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that that operates like, who says, no, I'm tired of the kindness I feel at work, right? Like, <laughs> like, I, I wish there wasn't so What
1: much, a terrible place. Right, yeah, it's like, <laughs> I wish there wasn't so much
3: grace, I wish we were more out of control, you know, all the, all the self-control really bothers me. Like, it's like, you start to realize, like, the fruit of the Spirit, the outcomes of what God does in our life, these are things actually most people want. Like, there's a reason the masses follow Jesus. Mm. He was saying things and like, no, that, that sounds good. Like, how do I get that? Now, you get it through some sacrifice and you get it through some commitment, right? There's It's a little painful sometimes maybe to get there. But but it's not hard to get people to listen to the there of like, well, what if we had a workplace like this? So, so that's where we start with, folks, is find someone and then pray about just that. What does it look like for you to express the fruit of the Spirit in your workplace nice. and just start there? Could you be more kind to people? Could you be more patient? Could they see your self-control? Like, um, what, what does that look like
1: mm-hmm.
3: before we move further down the road, right? And so, so that's one of, the, one of the places that we would just say is a starting place. But, man, God leads to so many more interesting ending places that we couldn't even, we couldn't even draw out the pathway for you. It's going to be almost as different as the person and the company and the, the place where they're at in their career.
1: I think that is so true. Um at, at, at my last job, very early on, a young woman walks down the the hallway and her her office was a few doors down and she said, "Hey, um You a Christian? (laughs) Yes. Are you? You know. You know. And we have been buddies ever since. And you know, she would just come in the office and sit down. We shut the door, have a little prayer. You know, but having someone there with you, as you, as so to speak, charge the gates. Right, is so empowering and. Um. Very, very important. So uh, that that's great. That's a great starting point. So Jeff, I have a question for you because I know that we
0: have listening friends who are thinking, "Oh my gosh, okay, I feel like I'm all out here on my own. Yes. I want to engage. I want to find out more mm-hmm. about this." You have a summit that mm-hmm. is coming up, Marlene. I know you're going to it, yes. um, and, and I know Carrie, you're looking at your calendar for it. Mm-hmm. So it is the um Christian Global Leadership summit and it's coming up August 4th and 5th and uh, you know it's you've been um, ABBA has been doing this summit for many many years tell us about this summit how people can come what the Mm -hmm. connection is going to be like uh, and what they can expect
3: yeah it's a great opportunity to meet some of the people who are thinking about this in the city right so it's a two-day event you're going to hear from national and international speakers, most of them Christians, not all of them, uh, but they're thought leaders in their area. And so you're going to get uh, real, practical, applicable leadership content that, that will will help you shift how you lead if you listen, right? I mean, we always mm-hmm. have a choice to, to listen and, and apply or not. Uh, but there will be something in these two days that could change the trajectory of your your leadership path. If you're a person just stepping out of college and trying to think, how do I build a career? If you're on a team and trying to think how do I add value to my company, or if you're leading a, a company and you're like, how do I how do I do this to where I create a culture that I actually enjoy leading, not just mm. a company I have to keep running, you know? So mm-hmm. all of those pieces will be hit somewhere in that two days. Mm-hmm. The the thing that the reason AB is involved is because that's great content. Reality is today though, you can get great content in a lot of places, but it's the connection between people that we love. For two days we try to set aside time so that all these leaders try to come together in one place and it's almost the conversations that happen in the lobby or in between sessions or over lunch that are as valuable as the Mm -hmm. content locally because that's where people meet each other like oh you know like i mean i've told these folks that didn't know each other it's hosted at their church i'm like you both need to be there (laughs) and on august 4th we're going to shake hands and say hello right and then let god do what he's going to do with this Mm. and and that's what we use it for we'll say to a lot of people how do i get involved how do i know like can you make any of those two days even if it's just a half a day, can you show up? Because it's so much easier for me to connect you to someone when you're actually in the same place than another email or another, you know, text chain or whatever. And so so that's the Global Leadership Summit is these two days of high-quality content uh, from a Christian perspective um, and, and the gathering of people here in Austin who are having this conversation. How do we integrate our faith to our work? How do we find our purpose? How do we live it out? Uh, so that's really why we're involved in, in the Global Leadership Summit.
0: Yeah. And so how would a listener go and get a ticket for that? Yep. And and where is it hosted at?
3: So glsaustin.com okay. or gls-austin.com, they'll both take you to the same place. Mm-hmm. Uh will get you uh the the ticket to the Austin event and it will be at Austin Ridge Bible Church. So down kind of the southwest part of town. Um, and uh tickets are still available. You can uh, you can come and uh, be a part of it and we'd love to have you. Uh, Join us on those days. But, yeah, com is the the quickest way to get there.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Um, Okay. Well, you've given us so much great information already. Um, I I, I have a question, and we may have to take this one to the next segment, too, because I think you're probably going to have a lot to say about this one. How do you manage the tension between actively increase, increasing your own influence, right, and then using that influence to serve those you lead?
3: Yeah, and this this is a question I would love to hear you guys' thoughts on as well, because you know we we do we do struggle at times, and different people are going to struggle. Before this, we were talking a little bit before the recording with children, just how yeah. different they can be. Like there are some who struggle to gain influence and others who are ready for it. Like, it's like, I'm ready to be the leader, you know. And and so it shows us even right in there that there is a tension here to be managed. Mm-hmm. This isn't a one, one or the other. And so, you know, part of it on the front side of, of how do you step into the influence that you've been given is is to really, again, understand that identity you have uh, in in Christ. Like, David was a shepherd boy who, for mm-hmm. all intents and purposes, would probably have been okay being the last son of a decently prosperous landowner you know until God said no you're going to be king well that's that's not as easy as it sounds right I mean there's a there's a thing in there that's like what like am I going to own that like you know and you saw that story a lot Gideon is like no no you have the wrong guy like I'm not the guy who's going to save you know like like that was a common theme with a lot of those leaders in the Old Testament they're like I'm not sure you have the right guy God because this this Mm -hmm. isn't me and so it is you for some people right that God has said no I'm going to give you some influence that's beyond what you've seen in your life that's beyond what you have mm-hmm. and and so for that group of people stepping into and saying okay God I'm going to trust you and keep taking these steps forward even though I don't know what it looks like now there's the other group of people that are like I'm pretty sure I'm supposed to be king right yeah. <laughs> like 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 that's that's my path right like I'm I'm pretty yeah. sure I'm supposed to be king and, and and we're running down that road and and so those are the people that God's like hey you need to understand all of this can go away. Like, you just built extra barns for grain that you're never going to see. What did you do with it? Like, what's it for? Right. Mm-hmm. And so, so, so this constant tension of, you know, I, I have generally leaned more on the first side uh, where I heard all the stories of pride goes before the fall and all the, all the dangers of stepping out, you know, don't take the good seat, take the back, bad seat when you get to a table. Right. And I've had a number of people in my life that have just pushed me like, I love it. You know, love the fact that you're, you're thinking about not being prideful, but you're also, it is, it is almost as prideful to sit here and say, no, I couldn't be used like that because you're concerned about yourself, really. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're worried that you're not going to be able to live up to this position or this opportunity. You need to trust God and get out of your own, your own head and, and take some steps, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then just watch friends who've had the same thing. So it's on the other side, this, this constant tension between am I stepping into the influence God's given me? And then am I using it for others or for myself? Uh, It's something that I think stays with you for a while. You know, Mm. I
2: think connection really helps us Mm. uh, with other people who see gifts and strengths, helps us to balance those two tensions. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's really, I guess, the mission of awesome bridge builders. We would agree.
0: Well, now, I have a question for you, and I know that we're not going to have time to finish it all in this segment because we have about two minutes left. But ABBA talks about a kingdom ecosystem and connecting to it, building it, and how a kingdom ecosystem could really benefit our city. So we're going to answer that in our second um, segment, but just tell us quickly, what is a kingdom ecosystem?
3: Yeah, this is a term that a friend, Tim Allen of mine, introduced us to about three, or four years ago. And it, it's really this idea. I mean, we, we talk about it, you know, ecosystem for our uh, geology, right? You know, yeah. you, you've got the, the plants and the, the dirt makes the plants and the bugs and the foods. And we, we, you know, we eat and then it, we go back to become dirt, right? And it's all this kind of linked in thing that all of it working together makes it, it work out. And as he, as he was talking about that, I was like, man, that is so right. Of, of an idea of the church, you know, when you think about what Jesus talked about, when he used the word church, he, he didn't use the word church like we do. He talked about a movement of people, right? A gathering of people that will move. And it's a gathering of people that stretched all over the map, right? From the highest leader to the lowest uh, servant. And he's like, all of you together are going to create this movement that changes the world. What does that look like practically, right? How do we support the lowest servant and the highest leader? And how do they support one another in this cyclical Type of way, right? Where maybe one becomes the other, where, where God says, "No, this is actually the guy who's leading right now because I don't measure things the same way you guys do, right?" Mm. And so the the servant's actually leading the whole movement right now, right?
2: The, the shepherd boy became the king, right? Mm-hmm. The
3: the the, mm-hmm. the least will become the greatest. All those kind of things. He loves to flip everything up. So so, what does this ecosystem look like? Where from the time you're born to the time you die, the church moves forward so that's what we well, think
0: about all right friends mm-hmm. we're going to talk about this kingdom ecosystem and your place in it how it can help you in business how it will benefit our city and maybe what god is calling you to step into we're going to hear a word from our sponsors who keep love talk on the air every week there are very good friends we would love for them to become your friends too stay with us and we'll be right back with you for more love talk And welcome back, friends, to Love Talk here on The Bridge Austin. I'm Kathy Indebrock in studio with Coach Carrie Brinkater and the beautiful Marlene McMichael and special guest Jeff Johnson from Austin Bridge Builders Alliance. Well, friends, this is our last segment and we have been talking about so many amazing things. Uh, about what God is doing and about connecting leaders and growing as a leader. What's the difference between a leader and a follower? Do you need to be a great follower to be a great leader? We've been answering. All of these questions in our first two segments are, well, Jeff has been answering (laughs) all of these questions in our first two segments. Guiding us. You can go to our archives at lovetalknetwork.com and uh, access the program there, listen through it, and share it with a friend. And, uh, well, so, Jeff, you are going to finish up this answer for us about the kingdom ecosystem. You talked about what it is. What is God doing with the kingdom ecosystem in Austin, Texas?
3: Yeah, and when... We had talked again about, you know, we have some children graduating and, yeah. and things kind of going on just in personal life, and, and part of what we ask is, okay, so what does that look like for a Christian young person to enter into college, and, and where we know and that there are believers sprinkled all throughout their university, how do they find each other? And those same students are going to then enter into the job force, and what we also know is there are Christian business owners all in their community, how do they find each other? And, and we know business is hard, and some businesses grow, and some shrink, and some succeed, and some fail, and... And the Bible tells us to, you know, uh, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn and that we're one body and, and we all should feel that together. So what does that look like to support each other practically in, in these settings? And so, you know, that's been, been part of, of our journey. And I wouldn't say, you know, at Abba, we, we don't say like we, we built any of this or created any mm-hmm. of this. We're just trying to see, do you guys question, well, what is God doing? Yeah. How is he doing it? And, and what does that look like? And can we support it in some way? of the work that he's, that he's about. And, and, and really this whole kind of ecosystem idea came out, um, probably about seven years ago. We wouldn't have called it that then. We didn't have terms for it or anything like that, but it was a business leader in town who really had a heart to connect CEOs and pastors, right? Key leaders in our community that are, are leading large organizations. So if you think about the people being influenced by, by the pastors in the city of of some of the largest churches and the CEOs of some of the largest companies, it's hundreds of thousands of people in Austin being influenced by these leaders, right? And so he just said, I'll I'll put a, I'll buy dinner for everybody, right? So we, we rented a room. He bought dinner. We had about 40 people show up, uh, and, the, and the mayor joined us. Uh, and, and just about 60 of us had dinner that night, uh, the ABBA staff, some key lead pastors from the area, some, some business leaders, and the mayor. And and uh, the mayor spoke for a bit, one of the CEOs spoke for a bit, and one of the pastors spoke for a bit, and then we would have conversations at the table where, from the ABBA standpoint, we would try to have them ask the hard question that they don't ask,
2: mm-hmm. you know?
3: Yeah. Um, you know, have the business owner say, like, hey, wh- why is it that sometimes I feel like all I am is a checkbook and a door greeter? But I have some other skills. Nice. But we can't get there. We didn't have them ask that to their pastor. We had them ask somebody else's pastor, right? Yeah. So so they could have an honest conversation, right? (laughs) You are a wise Uh, man. Yeah. And and then the pastor's be like, hey, you know, it it feels sometimes like, you know, I don't get the the best of you or that I get questioned on these, you know, these decisions or like you don't trust me in these areas or whatever. And, and, and not me, but, you know, in general. And so, Mm -hmm. but we started these conversations built. Around, Can we build some trust with each other? And can we see each other as the same? Can you get to a point in the night where you're like, oh, man, I've struggled with that too, you know? And they did, right? They're like, oh, maybe it's not so different being the CEO of a tech company and the pastor of a church. We do have some things in common. Maybe we do both care about the spiritual outcomes in our city, right? And so Mm -hmm. building some of these connections between them, this relational trust, the shared identity, uh, started that night. Well, it started an annual night where we would get together at a different place in Austin with about a, a little bit growing every year. Not huge because it's generally CEOs and pastors in, in Austin. And so it was 60, it was 80, it was 100. And, and this last year for our 20th anniversary was a little bit different uh, night, but we had about 300 plus people uh, over at the Renaissance. Uh, a couple, of you know, city council person and, um, and some CEOs and some nonprofit CEOs and some for-profit and some church leaders. And and we were celebrating 20 years of what they've done in the city, where you see things like Austin Disaster Relief Network grew up out of this, yes. out of this collection of people. Uh, Community First Village grew up out of this this collection of people, right? A, a group called Education Connection and and the you know 2,000 uh, volunteer readers in the schools. It's like all this grew up out of this. None of us in the room could claim it, like oh we did that, you know? I mean mm-hmm. there are leaders who were so instrumental in those things, but it was the body of Christ in the in the city that created what is now the nation's premier uh, homeless care solution which is what community first village is the mm-hmm. nation's premier disaster relief network which is what adrn mm-hmm. is and and uh, and a number of of city focused things that have been the the outflowing of the body of christ and and for us what we continue to see is okay this there's a real group of of highly influential leaders who continue to move forward and so where where we see it going is twofold. One, a a deeper and more intentional connection to these Christian business leaders, right? Mm. You're out there, you're running a company, God's given you influence. How can we support you? Uh, Because not all of them can find the support they need. And they definitely don't find it from Christians necessarily. They find it from people who just want to make more money with them. Mm. Like, yeah, but we want to impact the kingdom too. So how do we do that? How do we focus them? We've got a group of leaders who are giving us time, hours a week, for free to invest in business owners, right? Mm -hmm. They do this as a profession. They invest in companies and walk alongside them. They're going to give time for free to these local companies to do it. It's awesome. It's called the foundry. I have another thing starting off that is called Crucial Conversations, right? Austin's Crucial Conversations, of how do we bring together the strategic thinkers in our city and the resourced people in our city to address the big questions that have always existed and people have been addressing them, but we want to do it in a consistent way over the next 10 years Education, affordable housing, foster care and adoption—like, what do we do with these big issues? The church has cared about it for hundreds of years. I mean, to your point, we started—we started public education, we started mm-hmm. higher education. We, the church, started a, a hospital care. Like, we started a lot of these things, but but we've kind of given away some of that authority mm-hmm. over the years. So, what does it look like to step back into those roles and say we're going to take responsibility for some yes. of these issues in our city? And God has already put the people in place to do that. That's what we're convinced of. Mm -hmm. So, so we're trying to gather them. So, so that's what the ecosystem looks like for us. Now it's way bigger than us. I was not going to be at the head of this thing again. We love the bridge analogy. We're just trying to, we're just trying to be at the bottom and let people create some amazing things uh, as we connect uh, the people across the city to, uh, to follow what God's put on their heart.
1: But I'm sure so many of these people have said, gosh, if I just knew someone who could X right and with your organization you are meeting you are helping those people connect so that now they have their ex and they can go yes okay we can impact this foster care community in this way we can impact um these um moms you know single moms in this way so i i love this Uh this is amazing uh, marlene i see you have a a thought
2: well, you've answered many of the questions that I had yeah. because I what I was hoping that you would um talk about are some of the successes that you've had and I yeah. and I think that that you, that you've done that. And so basically to reiterate, ABBA is a connector. And an and you see opportunities for connection and growth that can better the whole atmosphere of the city.
3: Yeah, let me let me give you one more just as All right. because it's yeah. it's super practical and again it's so it's kind of weird because we don't take credit for most of this because we really can't. I mean, God's yeah. doing this, but we're just trying to play our little role. So, uh, you know, COVID happens, everything shuts down, and the government starts writing checks to people. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, but one of our CEOs in town is like, "Okay, but what is the church going to do?" Can't we be a source of help to people? What if we created a CARES Act that was in the church? What if we raise money and let pastors give money to their people and their community in times of need, right? What if maybe even those, those churches needed a little bit of money in this time, right? And so... Uh, A CEO and a pastor that had met at our CEO pastor's dinner a few years back, already knew each other. So had a quick phone call, gathered a group in the room. It was one of those fun times. This is not unusual, but I'm on a Zoom call, and I know everyone on the Zoom call. (laughs) Most of them didn't know each other. but I was like, awesome. You're all in the same place now. Great people. I wasn't in charge of the meeting. Wasn't even running the thing. I was just there. But ADRN was there, and and some different folks were there. And and the question was this. Could we raise some money to help churches uh, in our city in a time of need? We're going to just put the word out. And, and ask a thousand churches and see who responds. And so we did it imme- immediately about forty to fifty churches made request. We had been requested for about five, six hundred thousand dollars. All the pastors in the room, me included, were like, oh no. We need to <laughs> put the brakes on. Yeah. <laughs> the CEO in the room was like, No, no, keep asking. God will provide whatever money gets requested. Well over the next few months, they raised about a million dollars all the way wow. to churches in the community who then gave it to their people in their communities, right? And And you sit back and you're like, oh, well, who did that? I don't know who did that. God did that. You know, (laughs) like like none of us had that plan in our minds whenever we were building these connections. But the fact that people knew each other, it's not just that it made it happen, but it, it allowed it to happen quickly. Right. In three months time, you collected the money, you sent it out, you did all this. That doesn't just happen because the trust that's required for people to do that is pretty deep. And so they had built that over years to make it mm. happen.
2: Well, it's an analogy of a guy with an idea that, ha- and has a vision. It Sometimes it takes a while, mm-hmm. but a community with an idea that has mm-hmm. a vision makes light work. Yes. And yes. Um, so that's, very amazing. I'm going to steal that because <laughs> that's, that's very good.
1: As you should. Oh, friends, what a great day we have had with Jeff Johnson, the Strategic Relations Director from Austin Bridge Builders Alliance or ABBA. So, Jeff, tell our listening friends how they can get in contact with you.
3: <laughs> great. Well, I'm seeing a couple of couple great ways. Uh, again, the best way to meet us is in person. So if you can come to the Global Leadership Summit, glsaustin.com, yeah. that would be a great way to meet us. And then you can find out more about us at our website, abaconnect.net.
1: Abaconnect.net. Okay. And that is August 4th and 5th at Austin Ridge Bible Church. I'm excited about. I'm, I'm going to go. I, Marlene, I'm taking that other ticket. So don't give it away (laughs) to anybody else. Um, And we just appreciate your time, Jeff, so much and the work that you guys are doing connecting people at the Austin Bridge Builders Alliance. Friends. We love you so much um, here at Love Talk, and we're so grateful that you are with us every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. I'm Coach Carrie Brinkader for Kathy Endebrock and Marlene McMichael. We'll see you next time right here on Love Talk.